This is Chuck Wolf. You're listening to the Emotion Roadmap. Take the wheel and control how you feel. It's delightful to be back on the air with you. And uh, for those of you that are regular listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. It's uh, delightful to have you back. And for those of you that are new to the show, I'll talk a little bit about what the show's about in a few moments uh, and uh, tell you more about what the Emotion Roadmap is. So the show is uh, basically designed to help you, all of you who are listening, learn how to be more intelligent about how you deal with emotions. And uh, the reason that's important is that we're always feeling emotions. We just don't always pay much attention to them. Uh, For instance, right now, all of you listening are feeling something. What it is is driving some of the way you're thinking and also causing you to behave a certain way. As an example, if you're a regular listener, you're looking forward to hopefully my having something useful to say today, <laughs> and uh, hopefully I will. I try every week to come in now for 12 years running uh, to provide some useful information about how we can work harder to make for inner peace, for what happens internally inside of all of us. Uh, At different points in time, we all have emotions, good and bad, that influence us. And um, good and bad emotions are not necessarily bad in the sense that uh, you don't want to feel them because, you know, sad, angry, um, embarrassed, ashamed, uh, these are all emotions that are generally tough to deal with, but Again, sometimes they're very appropriate for what it is that we're experiencing. Uh, I have a mixed emotion, for example, of um, you know some uh, something going on in our family. I have a, my daughter has a wonderful opportunity uh, in her in a company, um, wh- which thinks really highly of her, which is wonderful uh, to move to another country, though. And so while there, it's great pride that I feel, it's great excitement for the new adventure for her and her family. Um, it's also great, sad, great sadness. Um, you know, as a dad, as a father, I'm going to miss her. Um, and as a dad and as a father, I'm extremely proud of her and, and are thrilled about the opportunity she's getting. So sometimes we have mixed emotions. And that's actually one of the things I want to talk a little bit about today. Not so much mixed emotions as I want to talk about dads. Because uh, I'm on the first and second Wednesdays of each month. And um, I know that Father's Day is around the corner. And I'm a dad. And and uh, being a father is really important to me, and I work really hard at being a good dad. And um, fortunately, I've had a, a fair amount of success in being a dad, but I've also had some missteps along the way. And I'm sometimes embarrassed by those missteps, sometimes ashamed of those missteps. But mostly, um, I feel really proud of the dad I've been and the dad I continue to be. Um, and I, I just want to know from you, those of you that are listening, um, if you want to call in and talk a little bit about being a dad, for those of you who are dads, or about your own father and what that experience was like for you um, as you think about Father's Day coming up, uh, it's it's one of those things that I, I think is uplifting to remember the good parts of being a dad. I, I mean, there there's not all good parts, though. I, if you were listening to the show last week, you know that um, we had a gentleman call in who is... Um, you know, an older, older fella, and, um, and he uh, struggles with um, sexual abuse um, that happened in his home with his dad, and that's a terrible thing, and, and, and awful, and it was awful to hear about, but I hope all of you who are listening to that understand how powerful this concept of emotion roadmap can be and help you in managing your emotions. If you didn't catch that show, you can see it on... Um, 
Uh, you can see it on SoundCloud. I plan to put that up there today. Uh, usually Thursdays I do the the first two week shows that I do each month on the first two Wednesdays of the month. Um, I, I tend to try and put up on the Thursday after the second show. I put them up on SoundCloud. You can hear them there. Sometimes I put the shows up on public radio exchange as well. And again, for those of you who are new to the show, if you're listening uh, for the first time, the Emotion Roadmap is a is a process. It's a tool. It's a template. It's a guide for helping people deal with emotional challenges in life. And we all face many emotional challenges in life. We face them all the time. Uh, sometimes they're big ones. Sometimes they're small challenges. Small challenges might be for some who are, you know, having difficulties dealing with illness or pain or disabilities, and just getting out of bed in the morning is, is a struggle. Uh, sometimes getting out of bed in the morning with the right attitude and, and feeling the right way is a bit of a struggle. Um, other times we have really significant challenges in our life. Somebody's um, facing uh, hospitalization or going under, under the knife for an important surgery or, or has contracted an illness from which there's no return. There's only a chance to manage it. Uh, for longevity purposes. You know, so there's lots of things that can really cause you to be down about life, feel depressed and sad in life. And yet, at the same time, this show is about helping you to take control of your emotions. Take the wheel and control how you feel. And what I do on the show is I ask people to call in. Call in with the challenges you face and recognize that the challenges you face, you're not alone in struggling with how to face challenges that involve strong emotions. Oftentimes, smart people, when you're stuck, when you're stuck, it's because there's strong emotions inside of you that are, you're finding it difficult to deal with. Or there are strong emotions in someone else that's part of your life that you have to deal with. Uh, that you want to deal with, that you love maybe, or that you have to work with, or, or, or someone that you just can't avoid dealing with, and yet there are strong emotions in play, and you're worried that how you deal with a situation might not make it better, it actually might make it worse. And since we don't have a lot of really skilled training to help us with specific events, we, we're learning more and more these days, and even in our schools, about social and emotional learning. And we're learning tools and techniques for managing our emotions better than previous generations were taught because most of us learned about emotions as we were growing up simply through trial and error. And if you've ever been involved in knowing anything about education, you know trial and error is one way you learn, but it's far from the best way. It's far from the best way. So this show is about helping people learn about emotional intelligence because of you the callers, if, if you call in, when you call in, and you have a situation you share with me, and I ask you to follow me through the, with the Emotion Roadmap by asking you, okay, so tell me a bit about your situation. Tell me what it is that you're feeling. Tell me who else is key to your situation. Is it just something internal that you're struggling with, at which point you're the only person we have to worry about in terms of what you're feeling? Or are there others involved? Is there somebody else that you need to address or deal with, manage a conflict with, make a decision with? Is there somebody else that you need to really be thoughtful about in terms of how he or she or they are feeling? And if you know how the other person or persons are feeling and you know how you're feeling and your feelings aren't helpful, in fact, they may even be obstacles to addressing whatever the issue is that you feel you need to confront, then 
What about the possibility of changing your feelings? What about emotionally planning how you want to feel? And that's the nuance about this show. You can plan how you want to feel. And that's what I hopefully have been teaching you, those of you who have been listening over the years, as well as for new listeners. Hopefully you can learn a little bit about this by listening today. I'm on the first and second Wednesdays of each month. I'm Chuck Wolf. This is the Emotion Roadmap. <clears throat> Take the wheel and control how you feel. And the show's about actually having you call in because once you call in and you walk with me through how you're feeling and I ask you if how you're feeling isn't helpful, how do you want to feel? What do you, what, if you could make an ideal feeling happen, what would that feeling be? And if we can get you to think about strategically, tactically, how do you move from feeling anxious, for instance, to confident? How do you do that? If I can help you figure that out, how do I help you to feel more confident? And if there's somebody else, for instance, that you're trying to get to help, uh, to have you, tr have you be trusted by them, you want them to feel trust in you and they're not feeling trusting at this point. If you want them to feel influenced by you, if you want them to believe in you, to feel supportive of you, to feel valued by you, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I work with you to help you develop a strategy to make that happen. And when we consider different strategies in terms of understanding how emotions work and understanding the uniqueness of you as an individual and the people you might be dealing with, what's unique about him or her or them, I help you plan emotionally what's possible. And then I ask you, of the things we're talking about, is there anything that sounds like something that you are willing to do? Sometimes we have a great idea, but we're not really willing to do it. And other times we're willing, but we don't really know how to do it. We're not really capable of doing it, at least not yet. So if you're not willing and you're not capable, obviously you don't have any plan. If you're willing but unable, your plan's probably not going to work. And if you're unable, but if you're able but unwilling, again, your plan isn't going to work. But when you can say, yes, I'm really willing to do this and I'm able to do this, then you've got a plan that has a fair amount of success inherent in its implementation. You can almost count on having some degree of success, if not total success. Like lots of plans, though, sometimes we have a good plan. It's based on good information. It's based on good decision-making. And it works somewhat, but not completely, at which point we need to modify the plan. Sometimes we might have what we think are good plans, but they don't seem to work at all. But having no plans almost never works. <laughs> so the idea of emotional planning is almost always something that makes you better. Now, how do we know this works? Well, we have people who call in, and I hope that's you in just a moment, and share a situation that you have. And I walk you through this, and everybody's learning while you're learning. So let's see if I can help you today. The number to call is 203-336-9767. Two zero three 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 six nine seven five six. Now, uh, last week I happened to have a lot of callers, and sometimes people will call in, and I'm on the phone. And uh, you know, we're a nonprofit station, and we're a community station, so I don't have a, like a slew of people sitting here helping me to manage the phones. I'm in here doing this by myself, and I'm doing it for each and every one of you because I believe that if I can help any one of you feel better about the day, understand a little bit more about managing your emotions, life's better for all of us. Here's our first caller. 
Oh, hi. Can you turn down your radio if it's on? This is Chuck yep. Wolf. You're on the air. Who am I talking to, please? Uh, my name is Leah. Hi, Leah. Thanks for the phone call. How can I help you? Oh, I've been dealing with a lot with my dad. Sorry. I have you on Bluetooth. I'm, I am driving safely. Um, I have a lot of communication problems with my dad. Just recently, yesterday, uh, just to give you a backstory first, I look, sorry, I realize it's annoying. I live at home. I'm 27 years old and just something that happened yesterday, I was, normally they would, I'm sorry, this is going to be really annoying on the air. I don't want to do this to you, so I'm going to hang up. <laughs> well, <laughs> is there some way you can just tell me what you want to have happen, Leah? What, um, what would you like to have happen with your dad? I would like to be able to tell him what I need without getting so much backlash for even uh, so I, I for, for you you want to be able to talk to your dad without backlash is that basically what you want to have happen yeah and if you actually talk to him now you feel like no matter what it is you're talking about or is there certain subjects that make it more difficult um I think it's normally whenever I criticize him, at least that might be how he views it. Last night, I just wanted them to knock on my door, let me know when dinner was, because I can't hear them otherwise, and I miss dinner. So I, in my mind, that's a simple request. And when I try to tell him, hey, next time, can you text me or knock on my door? He says things like, you're hard to communicate with. Everything is a problem. You've ruined my night. <laughs> okay, so let me just ask you, at 27 years old, do you have plans for moving out? Or is that, are you kind of stuck there right now? Um, so I plan to move out next year. I actually have big plans. I might want to travel. I might get an RV and, and take my massage business on the road. Um, but I still have to uh, kind of do this for another year. So I'm just trying to make things as easy as possible for me. And your folks, are they comfortable with you living at home? Do they think you are okay living at home? Are they? Do they feel like you maybe should have moved out a while ago? Because the twenty-seven, that's that's a you know a lot of people are out of their homes at this point. So I'm just trying to understand their perspective a bit. So I feel like they almost don't want me to move out. I have moved out before and ended up back home. Um. It's kind of a tough situation. I feel better than ever now that I've been off medication and the past seven years have just been me in and out of the hospital. So they almost don't want to let me leave. They're frightened by you leaving. Right. Okay. All right. So so that, that helps to explain a little bit. So they're... Um <laughs> well, while they want you to stay, they know they got to let you go, and it's scaring them. 
And so while you're there, if you do things that are completely what they want, what they need, um, they'll want to keep you longer. <laughs> if you if you do if you do manage to turn this around so that your dad feels like, hey, it's a blessing having you in the house, and I'm afraid to have you leave, so why don't you just stay? Uh, I think yeah. as a, as a dad, you know, thinking about this, it seems to me there's 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 a lot of different feelings that dads and moms might have about this, and that is that hey, our daughter hasn't been healthy. She seems like she's healthy now. Um, I'm really scared of her leaving on her own, and yet at the same time, man, she's got some habits that aren't our habits, and it makes it hard to have her here. And so there's a, it, it, I'm sure it's it's a back and forth where, um, they, I'm guessing they don't like being critical of you even after they do it. And so uh, if your dad was on the phone with you right now, my guess is, hey, I don't want to be critical. It's just that when we just ask for simple things and that doesn't seem to want to work with Leah and Leah just seems to want to do it her way. And somehow that's, that. Why, why, you know, we're taking care of her. We're paying the bills. Why doesn't she just want to do what we needed to do? And would that sound like your dad, do you think? It, it does. It does sound like my dad. Um, I I just struggle with, um, compromise because uh, I feel like any request is is just too big at this point. And you feel that way because what? Because I get yelled at for simple things. So if you made a conscious effort for a few days, a week, to do anything and everything that your dad wanted, what do you think would happen? Um, that's a hard question. I don't. I don't think I'd be happy. <laughs> I'm not asking if you'd be happy. I just what would happen in terms of the dynamic in the house? Um, he'd probably be a little less resistant. Less critical. Yeah. And what what if you, what if you made a decision and you said that hey I want to do I want to get along better and I'm going to try as hard as I can to do everything you want at least for a while what do you think about that dad I mean just just you know so he actually notices that you're trying I, I, the reason I'm, I'm suggesting this Leah is that I, I don't think you have an easy situation you want to be somewhat you're, you're trying to be independent you want to be independent you've had some struggles in the past your parents are, are, have mixed feelings about you leaving because you've you've been unwell and now they're struggling with well, how do we help her so what i'm asking is how do you want to feel at some point how do you want your folks to feel Right now, your dad's feeling somewhat, I, I'm guessing, ambivalent, but critical at times, obviously, and yet scared, you said, about you leaving. that fair? Yeah, definitely. And you're feeling like, uh, hey, I just want them to compromise a little bit. Just uh, let me do my thing a little bit. I mean, I want to I start to feel somewhat independent here, and I can make my own decisions. And I'm asking for little things, like how big a deal is it to, to, te to text me when dinner's ready or to knock on my door? It's not that big a place. I'm, they could get up and do something for me, right? That's what you're hoping happens. Yeah. And that would make you happy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. if if I, if if you want a strategy then that moves you from where you are and, and moves your dad to where you want him to be, um, what do you think would work 
it, do you have any idea about what? I mean, it might be a struggle for you. It might be unhappy for a bit, but um, I, I offered something I suggested. But I'm asking you, what do you think might work that you might be willing to do with your dad to try and turn this around so that he has a full few days, a week, maybe, maybe even two weeks of you being a beautiful daughter that he, he just enjoys the heck out of being around? hard answer but uh just not ask him anything <laughs> to be honest i i feel like communicating at this point is making things worse and so i could try to calmly say what i need and then if i get pushed back don't respond to it okay um Hey, Other than that, I... Well, let me, let me ask you if there's been a time in the past with your dad when you and he communicated really well. Do you remember any times in your life where that was going on? Uh, I feel like we communicate really now, really well now. It's just when I have, when I have something that needs a little tweaking or, or a little change in compromise and communication is when he gets flustered. But were there moments in time when that wasn't happening at all in your life with him? No. So it's always been that way. It's perpetual. Right. So you yeah. never had some times in your life where it's been really great with your dad? No. So then the expectation is that I may not ever get great. Has it ever been just okay where you haven't felt so criticized and um, maybe disrespected or devalued somehow? Has it been uh, better than this at any point? Maybe when I was really little and didn't remember. <laughs> it's been a really long time, huh? It's been a long time. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. So do you think your dad's source of, um, you know, criticism of you is based on anything that you might do differently so he'd be less likely to criticize you? And you had just said, I think, that what you might do is just when you request something, be very calm about it. If he pushes back and says something critical, you don't respond. Yeah, I, uh, I've had this advice before, but I think I just needed this phone call to kind of reiterate what I need to do, which is keep my expectations low and my intentions high. I've heard that. So I'm going to do that. I, I really thank you for this phone call. I am at my destination. I apologize for all the GPS uh, interruptions. Can I, <laughs> can I leave you with one other thing, Leah, before you yeah. leave for your, where you're going? I, I just, let me say this to you. One of the things that I learned years ago, and it'll take a long time, to, and I'll talk more about this but um, on the air, and maybe you can listen later, but I just want to say that one of the things that I learned is if I want to make a, somebody else respond differently to me, but I can't control them, the only person in the, in the relationship that I have total control over, although not as much as I might want it sometimes, is me. And so if I take, uh, if, you, if you look at this and say, look, I'm counting on zero from my dad, absolutely zero. I'm not counting on a thing from him, but I am going to yeah. take 100% responsibility, and I'm asking him for nothing, but I'm going to take 100% responsibility for turning this around. Then it's all on you. The, 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 bad, the bad thing about that is like every once in a while you're going to feel like, I wish he'd do more. 
But the good thing about it is that anything that you're doing is going to be working in the effort to create what you want to create, and you control how much effort you put into it, and it's more about you than it is about him, and you control you. Gotcha. And I'll leave you with that. Hopefully that helps. It does. Thank you so much. Okay, Leah, thanks for the phone call. Take care now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Uh, okay, folks, so that's sort of how it works, right? So first is understanding how people are feeling, right? How Leo was feeling, how her dad might be feeling. Uh, then the question is, how do you want to feel? And Leah was able to answer that about her dad and about herself. And then what can you do to make it work? And and then I like to ask the question, has there ever been a time when it's worked? But apparently there hasn't for Leah, where, except maybe when she was tiny and little, and she doesn't really want to go back to that. She doesn't want to be dependent little uh, you know, daughter that sits on dad's knee. It's not about that. It's about having an adult-adult relationship. But the important aspect is like, you know, one, she, she, she feels as though if she does better on her end, she can improve that. And she's had that information before. So that wasn't new. But the phone call with me just kind of reminded her about that. And the new part that I suggested, and this is a really interesting concept that I learned years ago, is that when you want something to change and it involves another person and you count on that with the other person, it's, um, it's really easy to say when it's not working that, you know what, this isn't about me. I'm doing more than my share. The other person's doing nothing or hardly anything at all. And so this is all on them. At which point, you can't change anything then. I hope that makes some sense to you. But the concept is 100%, 0%. If I stopped and asked a man and woman on the street who might be married to, and they're walking together, or a man and a man or a woman and a woman who are couples walking on the street, and I just said to them, in your relationship, how much of the relationship success is dependent on each of you individually? In other words, what percentage of the relationship success is dependent on you, person A, and how much is on you, person B? And let's say that uh, uh, one viewpoint might be 50-50. I mean, that would be pretty normal for people to say that, right? That would be somewhat normal for people to say. Now, you might think an enlightened point of view, uh, you know, an enlightened point of view is somebody, a couple that walks down the street and says, I'd say 100-100, right? We both take full responsibility for this relationship to be working and meaningful and successful. Okay? And then what happens when something goes wrong with the relationship? What needs to happen? Who, who, who takes the lead on this if you're both taking 100 for 100? Uh, well, it depends on what's going on and who's responsible and what happened. Well, then if it doesn't work and the other person, or you think it's on the other person and it's not working, then you're kind of saying it's their fault, right? Right. Well, what about you taking 100%? Yeah, but that's on their 100%. Well, wait a minute, right? 100-100 just means that you can blame them when it's their 100 that isn't working, just like 50-50. You, I mean, a lot of relationships, somebody feels like, you know, it's 75-25. I work really hard to make this relationship work, and this other person's like working 25% at it. It's 90-10, 60-40, but whatever, whatever you think about the relationship you have with your partner these days, I want you to understand this idea that in a situation where you actually want to make sure a relationship is successful, then the expectation for your partner is 0%. 100% for you. 
Now, maybe your partner takes that view too, which would be great. But what I mean, what's the difference between 100% in my mind for me and zero for my partner is that when it's not working, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not justifying, hey, this isn't about me. I'm taking the responsibility, the full responsibility to make sure our relationship succeeds. And if she wants to help or he wants to help, great. But I'm not counting on anything from anyone else. I'm making sure this works. It's a powerful dynamic, folks, and it takes a, a lot of, uh, I mean, even even if you say you want to do this, you land up still, and me too, you know, sometimes saying, yeah, but if only she would. or if, if, You know what? If I want um, certain things from my loved ones in, in a way that I'm not getting them at any point in time, and I want to turn that around, I don't think about what they need to do different anymore because I learned this concept years ago. I think about what I need to do different. So Leah, Leah's conversation with me brought that up. I hope you find that helpful. It's, it's a really powerful concept, 100%, 0%. You are fully responsible. Count on nothing from your partner. And yet, what if your partner did the same thing, didn't count on you for it, and just work really, really hard doing everything he or she or they could do to make sure your relationship was wonderful? Wouldn't life be grand? Wouldn't life be grand? Okay, the number to call is 203-336-9756. 203-336-9756. Hey, maybe somebody out there's got a nice story about a dad that they want to tell. We got Father's Day coming up pretty soon. I'll talk a little bit about my own father in a little while. And my father-in-law as well. I've had um, very nice relationships um, with both of them. Uh, I mean, all the relationship time with my dad wasn't always great, but lots of it really was wonderful. Hi, this is Chuck. You're on the air. Who am I talking to, please? Uh, my name is Paul. Hi, Paul. Thanks for the call. How can I help you today? Sure. Um, this is the first time that I have listened to your show. Um, and basically, I'm very impressed with what you're saying. Um, I wanted to know if you had a private practice where I could get in contact with you. Yes, uh, yes, I do have a private practice. I, I, my, uh, I can say a little bit about that. I, I mean, I can't talk about, yeah, I, this isn't about monetizing what I do, but right, it is, it, it's about helping people out. So, yeah, you can contact me um, with, uh, I guess my email address is the best way to start. It's cjwolfe at cjwolfe.com. Okay, and um, I just, one more question. Where do you practice out of? Uh, I live in Simsbury, Connecticut, and so okay. I basically do a lot of stuff virtually these days. Uh, but I, I, you know, I also travel to places on, on occasion. Okay, I thank you very much. You've been very helpful. Okay, I'm glad you're listening. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Okay, folks. Well, um, I, that's a nice thing to have happen. Uh, it's funny. Uh, this is um, one of those years where uh, I've decided over a period of time that work for me now at this point is, is doing things that I, I want to do that help people out. I, what I love about the show is uh, that I help make a meaningful difference in people's lives. And, and I really enjoy doing that. And, and that's really the big payback to me is not, when I know I've helped somebody. Like I think, Le I think the, the chances of Leah having a better day, for instance, in her home uh, tonight and maybe for the next week or two, is pretty good. 
because she's been kind of cued in. Sometimes just talking about something allows you to free up some space in your brain and in your heart to allow you to be different in a, in a way that makes life better, not just for you, but for those around you as well, whether that's at home or at work is also or in your community somehow. Uh, the show you're listening to, folks, is the Emotion Roadmap. Take the wheel and control how you feel. You're tuned to WPKN in Bridgeport, 89.5 FM, Indep- Independent Community Radio, broadcasting from the campus of the University of Bridgeport. And we're moving soon, folks. We're moving to a downtown Bridgeport soon. We serve Fairfield, New Haven, and Litchfield counties in Connecticut and Suffolk County in New York's Long Island. We stream around the world at WPKN.org. Uh, tune in radio and our app, WPKN Live. And via your smart speakers, just tell Siri or Alicia to play WPKN Radio. Uh, again, this is Chuck Wolf. The show is the Emotion Roadmap. Take the wheel and control how you feel. I guess I'll tell you a little bit about me while I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, um, for those of you that are new to the show. Uh, so my background is that um, I've done lots of different things in my life. And I've been a school counselor. I've been a family therapist. Uh, most of the last 30 to 40 years, I've been working with um, all kinds of organizations, many um, very profitable, large-scale businesses, uh, small businesses, family businesses, uh, for-profit businesses, non- non-profit organizations. Uh, and what I do is I do a lot of leadership coaching. I do motivational speaking. Um, and in the last probably... 22 years now, I've been working with a, a, uh, an increased specialty in this area called emotional intelligence. Um, I've had a lot of um, real blessing blessings in my life, including some of my work experiences. My family is the biggest blessing I've ever had, but uh, some of my work experiences have been quite wonderful. I had a chance as a, as a young person to work in Harvard Business School's Executive Program for Management Development, so I had that kind of background. Um, but I also worked in um, inner cities uh, in helping with um, communities to try to come together, um, sort of a type of community organizer, but with family relationships as a focal point, it, making life better within families. That's when I became a family therapist and did some work with a psychiatrist for a number of years as a, as a therapist. Um, but I also, again, worked in Harvard Business School and then worked in a number of corporate corporations and then had the wonderful opportunity to work with um, several colleagues that I've gotten to know well and really enjoy working with, which include um, uh, Peter Salovey, the president of Yale University, who is one of the pioneers, and along with his colleagues, Jack Mayer from University of New Hampshire and David Crusoe, uh, an independent consultant who also has an affiliation with Yale. Um, I got to work with them really up close. And this emotion roadmap that I created actually comes from the work with them on their emotional intelligence ability model. And so I have had the chance to work with some of the pioneers in the field of emotional intelligence. If you know the field, you'll know that um, Dan Goldman's probably one of the most well-known speakers in the field. Peter and Jack uh, were the two pioneers that actually discovered this idea of emotional intelligence, that there's an intelligence separate from analytic or general or cognitive intelligence. This idea of emotional intelligence is really unique, and maybe I'll say a little bit more about that as we go along. But anyway, I had a chance to work with them, and they asked me to help them find a practical way to use what we're learning about this idea of an emotional intelligence. And, you know, one of the things that happens when I, when I say the words emotional intelligence is sometimes people hear something and they think, oh, my God, another academic theory, uh, another theory that you have to learn and skills that you have to learn. No, it's really more than that. It's really about every time 
anything happens in our lives, we feel something about it. And oftentimes those feelings are an alert system within our bodies as part of our evolutionary experience that inform us about how our feelings should be handled. So is it something that we have to fear? Is it something that we have to run away from? Is it something that we're going to enjoy? Is it something we're going to value? Uh, All these things are part of our evolutionary system, and they inform us and help protect us. They also sometimes complicate our lives in ways that we just don't know what to do when, when when they're challenging and we don't understand and we're uncertain and we're confused and we're doubtful and, and we don't have a lot of skills about how to deal with this stuff. And so I began working really closely with Peter, Jack, and David to come up with ways that would really help, would really help everyone understand how to take advantage of what we're learning about emotional intelligence what we're learning about our abilities, and that's a whole fascinating discussion I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some other time. Uh, but this idea of emotional intelligence isn't about academic theory. It's about what can we do to have more inner peace? What can we do to create more inner peace in those around us? What can we do to create more inner peace in the communities we live in? What can we do to create more inner peace in our political lives? How, how can we impact the emotional culture of our families, of our towns, of our communities, of our religious places, of our groups that we belong to, of our country. What can we do? I'm trying to answer all those questions. And when people call in on this show, it's one of the wonderful ways I have of communicating with people and letting people know that, hey, there's a model out here to to help you with all this. I figure if I can help lots of people create inner peace, there's a much better chance that we'll all get along better. We'll be much more civil, value each other, value diversity of, of race, religion, color, and thought, <laughs> value the differences in our beliefs and our opinions, and, 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 and just in terms of who we are, just be much more accepting and inclusive. And I think all that's part of being smarter about emotions. So that's, that's what I do. That's what the show's about. Um, and again, if you want to call, the number is 203 336-9756. And uh, if you're listening for the first time, again, this, this shows the emotion roadmap. Take the wheel and control how you feel. I'm Chuck Wolf. And the, um, the number to call is 203-336-9756. Now, if you don't have a situation that you want to talk about on the air, again, I, I, we've got Father's Day coming up in a, in a couple of weeks, and I'd love to hear from somebody about fathers what it means to you about being a good father and some examples of some of the things that you've done that make you a good dad and also some of the things that you uh, that your dad did for you and maybe even your father-in-law if you'd like to talk, chat a bit about that. So again, 203-336-9756. Well, one of the things that I, I thought I, I'd mentioned as well today is um, in our country, um, we have uh, a political divide that's been um, very harmful in many ways to a lot of us. Uh, it's caused harm in our relationships, in our families. We have people that are split on what side of the aisle they support. And there is a group, that, uh, several groups, many groups actually, that are working to try and create more civility in our country, uh, more respect for different points of view in our country, and then there's groups that are working to create more bipartisanship, more cooperation inside our organizations 
political organizations like the Congress in the United States Senate, the United States House of Representatives, with our president, our presidents, and also in our state legislatures and in our town governments. So I think all across the board, we're looking for ways to try and be more cooperative. And what's the role of emotional intelligence and all of that? Well, one of the groups that I, I discovered when I was trying to be helpful to families. My focus was family and relationships. And when uh, in recent years we had people in families really becoming very, very angry with one another, I thought, boy, is there something I might do individually? Yes, but also on a larger level. And so I've been leading a group of volunteers for a number of years now, since 2017, um, to try to help create more bipartisanship in the legislature. And we're having some successes. And, um, I recently had the good fortune of working with this group called No Labels and a group called Braver Angels. I encourage you, if you are concerned about any of this and you're open to other points of view other than your own, um, and it's really a big if, by the way, because I think even lots of people I know that are really smart have kind of shut down around hearing that there might be some good on the other side, whatever side you're on, by the way. Um, and so if you're open to the idea that, hey, there's lots of people that are good people trying to figure out how to make things work, and they're not all one on one side or they're not all on the other side. It's really about individuals, not about parties. And uh, this group, in, you'll, you'll hear about it in the news if you're paying attention to the news. Um, there was a big deal going on in politics around this infrastructure package, and this um, senator from West Virginia was trying to negotiate, a Republican senator representing other Republican senators was trying to negotiate with uh, President Biden. And it seemed like the negotiations were um, respectful, but not fruitful. They didn't produce any kind of outcome that is going to help us come up with a deal that both sides can agree with. At the same time that was going on, however, there's a group called the Problem Solvers, and I encourage you to look up the Problem Solvers organization, and you're you're seeing them appear on... Um, a lot of the, you know, the cable channels, the regular uh, news channels, and they're a group of people that are really, really making an effort to be bipartisan. It's a unique group. You can't just become a member of the Problem Solvers Caucus. You can't say, hey, I'm Chuck Wolf. I'm a newly elected representative, and I want to be a member of the Problem Solvers Caucus. Um, if you want to be a member of the Problem Solvers Caucus, they ask you to come in with a partner from the other side of the aisle. You don't come in alone. You come in, if you're a Democrat, you have to find a Republican to partner with. If you're a Republican, you have to find a Democrat to partner with. And you essentially sign a pledge that says that if 75% of our group, Republicans and Democrats together, all think legislation is worthwhile and, uh, and, and supportable, we will vote for it. We will push it. We will try to make sure that it gets a hearing and that it gets accepted. Uh, now, having said that, 75% of our group, but also at least 50% of our own party's members in this group. And they actually have been working hard at this. And at this point, they actually have 58 Democrats and Republicans who are in this group. That's a lot of representatives. They can have a lot of influence. And right now they're working not just inside the House, but also with bicameral group, which means that they're working across both the House and the Senate with a group of senators from the Republican and Democratic side. And they are trying to get a package passed on infrastructure 
And the president, I understand this morning from listening to the news, is working with them to see if that might work. I will call your attention to the fact that in December, in December of 2020, when the leaders of the House and the leaders of the Senate had decided to go home, the Problem Solvers Caucus, these members of the House of Representatives and some senators from both sides of the aisle said, it's unconscionable to go home. It is unacceptable to go home. The American people need a supportive package to help get kids back in school, to help with the, with the ability to vaccinate as many people as quickly as we can, to help people who have lost their businesses, whether small or medium-sized businesses, to help people out of work, to help people who can't put food on the table, who are for those who are sick and those who are afraid of getting sick. We need to put something together before we leave and go home for the holidays. And they pushed through a bill that did get signed and did get sent out and supported and resulted in lots of benefits to people across our country. Um, so I encourage you to look more to see if you want to get involved. I've been, I was very, um, I had a very wonderful experience helping to organize a meeting of two of the members of this caucus. Um, one of them is a fellow named Brian Fitzpatrick, who is uh, from Pennsylvania, a very moderate Republican, and Elaine Loria, who's a Democrat from Virginia. They're both members of the Problem Solvers Caucus, and they appeared on a panel discussion about how citizens can bridge the congressional divide that was sponsored by the organization I'm a member of, No Labels, and some other volunteers work with me and some volunteer members from a group called Braver Angels, which is another wonderful organization that is really working so hard to increase civility and respect across our universe here, and they're doing a great job at it. They're amazing, actually. Uh, And we we work together to have a national audience. Over 1,000 people tuned in to listen to the presentation. I got to kick it off. I got to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence (laughs) on the front end of this thing because I think, again, this is part of what's going to make life better for all of us in multiple ways. So while I'm sitting here helping you today, I hope, Uh, I'm also trying um, things on a much larger scale to influence worldwide what happens emotionally because in some ways we're at a tipping point. Uh, Weapons keep getting more and more powerful, whether they're nuclear weapons, biological, chemical weapons. We certainly have the means to destroy ourselves. And um, I think the salvation will come when we all understand emotionally how to manage what's happening inside ourselves and how to get along and relate better to one another and to handle and tolerate and, more importantly, value differences, diversity in all kinds of ways. So, all right, get off my soapbox. Uh, I got about 15 minutes left. (laughs) Or actually, I have about 10 minutes left. So if you want to call in, 203-336-9756, 203-336-9756. And I'll uh, see if, if, you, uh, if I can get another phone call. That'd be great. Um, if not, I'll talk a little bit more about dads. I'll give you a minute to call. Again, 203-336-9756. Hi, this is Chuck. You're on the air. Who am I talking to, please? Hi, uh, this is Douglas. Um, let me just uh, turn off my radio here. Hi Douglas, thanks yeah, for calling. Uh, I've been 
this is the first time I'm hearing your show, and uh, I I agree very much with uh, your philosophy. Thank you. And um, I have to say, uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking and feeling a variety of emotions after listening to you. Um, uh, when you just uh, a couple of minutes ago, when you were describing uh, your background, your own emotional relationships, and your accomplishments. <laughs> I was feeling uh, rather envious and uh, and unhappy because uh, it uh, I feel that uh, I'm an older person and I've uh, missed out on a lot of opportunities due to my own um, failings, I guess. Um, and it kind of hurts to... <laughs> to listen to somebody who feels uh, so satisfied with what they've accomplished in life, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of sad because I feel like I don't have uh, a lot of time left on this earth. And uh, I wish I had, had done some things differently uh, in the past. And there isn't a lot of time to... Uh, um, you know, kind of regroup, start over again, et cetera. Okay. Uh, no, I think I, I think I got it, Douglas. Uh, and I appreciate your, uh, on the one hand, you're complimenting me on the things that you heard, but also the envy that you wish you had done some things differently in your life and there's not much time left. I got it. Uh, the question I have for you is, so you want to feel different. Is there something you, you want to feel better about what your contributions might be? Hey, we, I'd like to say this to you also. I think, you know, I've had a lot of blessings in my life, as I said. There were a lot of rough spots and a lot of moments in my life that were not, uh, it didn't feel so successful. And yeah. it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm talking about the successes I've had because I want it to be more of an uplifting show, but obviously it wasn't uplifting for you. <laughs> so, uh, so the question I have for you, though, is what, can you do with whatever time you have left? Because I always feel like anytime I've learned something that I wish I knew you know, when I was younger, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many mistakes I made that I look back and I wish all these skills that I've developed over the last 20 years. I mean, yes. I, I, there's a lot of years I was alive that I didn't have those skills and I wasn't real smart about some of the things that I did. And so, mm -hmm. um, but, but I, I don't really regret or look back on that and say, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't go back and change that. But what I can do and what I'm trying to do with every day that, you know, I'm feeling good enough and positive enough to make a difference for others is to go and do something that feels good for me and feeling good for me is helping somebody else out. And I don't know if that's a possibility for you at this point, Douglas, but is, is yeah. there something in your mind that you could do? Not going back. I mean, you can't change what's in the past, but you obviously uh -huh. can change what happens the second you get off the phone with me and what you're doing with yeah. whatever time you got. Well, uh, I, I'm experiencing some uh, some health limitations at this time, which have kind of come come upon me uh, suddenly, unexpectedly, uh, that affect uh, my mobility, my ability to walk around freely, uh, dealing with uh, some pain, 
every day. Doug, I, Douglas, I, let me stop. Let me stop you only because I, you know, you, we're, we're, yeah. we're going to run out of time. And so yeah. what I, I, I understand, look, you're older, you know, you don't have a, the same energy you had as a kid. You don't have the same abilities that you had when you were younger, but the question isn't what you can't do. Yeah. Is there anything that you can do? Well, uh, I'm, uh, it's hard to answer that. I, I, uh, I do still have a full-time job, which, uh, which basically is a job where I do, um, work with the public to help them find information in a, uh, in a library setting, which sometimes is satisfying and, uh, sometimes is some days is not very satisfying. Um, I'm, uh, I'm at a point where I'm kind of lonely personally. Uh, I don't have a lot of close friends. I'm in contact with somebody, uh, through the internet. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm a gay man. Uh, uh, and, uh, I accidentally through the internet met this younger man who lives, uh, outside of the United States. He's in, uh, financial trouble. I know this kind of relationship between an older man and a younger man, um, you know, it's open to, um, being taken advantage of perhaps in some ways financially. I've been trying to help him, uh, sending him some money from time to time. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, again, I'm going to apologize for this Douglas, but I'm going to run out of time. So I'm going to have to cut this off, but let me, let me say a couple of things. One is, um, I hope that's a real relationship and not just something that, you know, just preying on somebody who is vulnerable because you are. Um, yeah. And I also think that you have a skill set that would be invaluable to a lot of students that don't know how to use a library. And there's possibilities where you might get involved in some kind of a volunteer mm-hmm. effort outside of what you're doing for a career, you know, for a job. Yeah. Um, and so I would encourage you, and that's all I got time for, I'm afraid, but I would encourage yeah. you to just think about, hey, um, that's, I mean, that, that doesn't sound healthy to me, what you're talking about, about the Internet. So I hope I, yeah. I, I, hope I, get, I get you at least to be skeptical of that. But the other thing I'd say is, hey, you've got a gift a lot of people don't have, a lot of kids struggle with, whether it's a community college students or high school students or something where you might. Adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, who need this and, and want that kind of help. Because a lot of people don't know how to do what you know how to do. And that is a gift. And you have that. And you could give more of that. And you could feel more successful. Yeah, okay. I, I hear you. And uh, what is. Uh, what is your uh, email address? In case uh, it's I would it's uh, cjwolfe at cjwolfe.com, and I got to go. It's going to cut me off in a minute. <laughs> okay. okay. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Chuck Wolf. You've been listening to the Emotion Roadmap. Take the wheel and control how you feel. See you in the beginning of the next month. Bye-bye now.